The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Anerho. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dom. And Jack Barazzini. Hey, Jack. Hey, Dom. Guys, I want to thank you for keeping the, the ship afloat for me while I was away uh, on my uh, forced <laughs> leave of absence there uh, by, my, while my house was under repair and I couldn't do any recording. So thank you both for keeping things going. And yeah, uh, definitely. and also to Father Joseph for for uh, also uh, filling in. He'll be back, folks. He's he's. Uh, we're actually uh, putting together another panel uh, with uh, Father Joseph and uh, a panelist to be named later, and uh, we'll be adding them to the rotation on the show. So uh, we will definitely have lots more Linux talk. I was going to say, but you're breaking up Team Linux there, man. That's you know, like, well, I had some complaints. Can't have too much of that. Yeah, I, had a, I had a few complaints. No, just kidding. <laughs> so uh, before we get to the, our, the content of our show, I do want to mention another show on the StarQuest Network that uh, we'll sure you you will enjoy called The Secrets of Star Trek. Uh, Jimmy Aiken, Father Corey Stiga, and I will discuss all Star Trek from the movies to the TV shows to the old from the old original series to the newest of the new Picard and whatever comes after that and Prodigy and all that sort of stuff. We talk about it all every week on The Secrets of Star Trek. You can check it out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Trek. So uh, let's get into this week's uh, topic. This is our third week where we're talking about Christmas gift ideas for techies, tech-related uh, gift ideas. And uh, we've had a couple of good weeks of, of discussion. And we've kind of, I've, we have this uh, arbitrary distinction that we've made, these three levels. Uh, I say we, I made the, distinct, the arbitrary distinction. <laughs> Other people may have had different things. And so I say, so we have, Less expensive gifts from a dollar to ninety nine dollars that range. We have a medium expense gifts a hundred dollars to three ninety nine, and then we have expensive stuff anything over four hundred dollars. So uh, we'll we had some we've had some fun ones we've had some really expensive ones, uh, but it'll be fun to get into this week's uh, list of gifts ideas. So and I'm I was kind of looking forward to this one, guys, because I, I was expecting you all to come in with some. Uh, some less less usual you're not going to find these on the on the shelves at target let's put it that way or best buy so uh let's let's hear from you what uh what you guys said jack why don't we start with your first one in the one dollar to 99 dollar range all right my uh suggestion for the uh inexpensive category is the raspberry pi zero two w it is one of the raspberry pi's like microcontroller uh computers it's the smallest one they make and the nice thing about this one is it's cheap enough that it could literally be a stocking, uh, stocking stuffer. If you get just the board, it's $15. And there's some other options on the link I included where you can get it with like a basic kit that includes a heat sink and some adapters and an SD card and stuff. And it's pretty much just like the uh, the larger Raspberry Pis. It's just a bit less powerful. And it's really good if you're building like Internet of Things devices or something that's going to be smaller where you don't really need the full-size system. But... 
Yeah, it's fifteen dollars. It's got a one gigahertz quad core um, ARM processor. It's got five hundred twelve megabytes of RAM, and it's got wireless uh, Wi-Fi. It's got HDMI and USB connections, um, and you can just put Linux on it and put that in the SD slot, and you've got yourself a tiny little fifteen dollar computer. Wow. Yeah, that would be a fun little computer to give to my son, who's you know who's uh, nine. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. have a computer yet, you know, so it would be, and he's very interested. He picks up my Raspberry Pi starter kit book every once in a while and pages through mm-hmm. it. And I'm nice. like, that's really, I really should be getting him going on that. This would be a great way to start. Now, I would, I would, I would caution just getting a Raspberry Pi though. And there's the, the Kano sets are a really good way to go. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go for that for a younger programmer, because they have a lot of built-in programming stuff already oh. on them. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the this the website we'll give you the link to has a lot of great has all of these different sets and all the different things. So, uh, you, and almost every Raspberry Pi thing out there you can you can get in that <laughs> under a hundred dollar range. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. an excellent pick. So excellent, very good. Well, Thomas, what is your first pick? So I have a theme to all of my picks. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's very much in in my uh, in my lane of things that I'm interested in. So uh, I, w- I was challenged on this one because I was like, okay, what what do I, what do you do for the one to ninety nine dollar gift in the three D printing space? But uh, my daughter recommended this to me because she went to a STEM camp and she experienced one of these three D pens that you can draw with in three D. And so it, same principle as a three D printer where it runs filament through uh, a hot and and places it down and then uh, cools now these are mint 3d m-y-n-t 3d uh, pens and they run the gamut so there's a there's a cheaper option that's in the like 20 to 30 dollar range all the way up to like a 70 dollar version of the pen Uh, you just feed abs plastic through it though i would recommend getting some pla plastic because it'll have less fumes um, to it but the kit comes with some abs plastic which is nice and durable so that you'll get a durable print out of it It'll just smell a little bit while you're doing it. Uh, But she loved it. She thought this was a great thing. She keeps trying to get me to get her one. And I'm like, we have a 3D printer. We don't need a 3D pen. (laughs) She's like, I want one anyway, dad. So uh, I think it's a great idea. If someone's interested in learning about 3D printing or just kind of having an experience with it, it's a really good starter way to get them in without having the the headache of uh, building a machine and then having to level it and do all the other stuff that comes with it. It also looks like it'd be really good if you wanted to do something more creative rather than technical with 3D mm-hmm. printing. Because it looks like you're just like, but you're just like drawing a sculpture, basically. That's really Bingo. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the website has a lot of um, images and of ideas of different things that people have made to get, get you started with some ideas. So uh, mm-hmm. really cool. I like that. Great. I mean, these are both great ideas for kids, especially tech ideas for kids, getting them started. So uh, I like that. So my first gift idea in this range is uh, it's sort of I picked one one example of this, but there are lots of different ones. Now, I have I use a trackpad and I so I haven't had a mouse pad in ages. It's just not something I've needed because I've got a, I used a trackpad. But I've noticed that. Well, recently we did a thing at SQPN where everyone took pictures of their desks. And I noticed uh, I think it was Father Andrew who had this really nice pad that went under the keyboard, like covered the desk. And it was a Star Wars one, of course, it's because he's, you know, <laughs> Father Fett. And, and I'm like, that is so cool. I would just love to have that as sort of a decorative thing on my desk. So that's what I'm recommending is I'm going to put a link to this. It's a couple of different kinds, uh, you know, different Star Wars. And there's other brand stuff out there, too. But it's on Amazon, there's a whole bunch of them. And they're large 
like this one is extra large, so it's a, it's three feet by fifteen inches. So that's just really big. So that might be too big for for my desk. But they have other ones that are slightly smaller. But you know, something that's like twenty four inches would be would be perfect to fit like a keyboard and a mouse or a trackpad or other you know something else to put on it. So uh, and they're you know under thirty bucks. Like the really big one is like is twenty seven dollars. The the smaller ones are like fifteen eighteen dollars. So they're not expensive at all so uh that w- that's my pick in that range there um so that's that's our inexpensive gifts i think that's a good set uh some stocking stuffers in there like that, that, that it's a great idea um so let's move on to the medium range ones the ones between 100 and 399 and jack uh, i think we're back to you awesome yeah for uh this range what i'm gonna recommend is uh this website called elite obsolete electronics it's a eoe.works.com and what this is, I think I've mentioned it before on the show, because um, I like to restore old Apple ClickWheel iPods. Um, and this guy, what he's done is, in addition to having all the different replacement parts, if you want to do it yourself, he also sells completed uh, custom iPods that you can get. Um, and the one I'm going to specifically recommend is the uh, fifth generation video iPod, because that seems to be the most reliable. Um, but you can get a new one that has... Let me see, it's like a 128 gigabyte uh, flash card and a 2000 milliamp hour battery for $169. And he's got a bunch of different color options. Um, he also has an option where you can create your own, where you get to pick the size of it and the size of the battery and all sorts of different color combinations. Um, and it's more than just like the black and white and gray that the iPods used to come in. There's a lot of third party um, parts out there now, like bunches of different colors of face plates and click wheels and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And especially if you want something where you can listen to your music without being distracted by texts or calls, mm-hmm. um, it's really good for that. And you said it uses, instead of uh, connecting via USB to your computer, it uses a flash card to transfer the music. So what it is, is there's a flash drive adapter that um, connects into the old uh, SATA ports that the old micro drives from the iPods back in the day use. So you basically have an adapter that you put a micro SD card into and you put that in in place of a hard drive in the iPod. Oh, cool. Hmm. Awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> Keeping this stuff alive. That That yeah. is fantastic. That the, it's funny that this is a nostalgia thing for people because it was... Yeah, not <laughs> I'm just... planning obsolescence, right? Does that? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah it's, uh, but it's a cool idea if you have uh, somebody who just either you know is of an age where they had an iPod back in the day, or or too young to have been able to get them, but you know are fascinated by them. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. All right, Thomas, what's your next uh, gift idea? So mine is the next step up in 3D printing. This is for the technical printer, more for the uh, person who wants to learn about printing and is willing to get their uh, their mind around it and really work with it on a on a hardcore level. Uh, this this the range of this one is from 199 all the way up to the 400 dollar mark, and it's the Creality Ender series of printers. So you go find which one fits your budget that you're looking for for the particular person uh, that you're trying to buy for. And it's the Ender 3 all the way up through the Ender 5. They even have an Ender 2, which is one of the older models in there. They're all great printers. Um, They're all kits that you get and you put together and you have to spend some time with this thing so it doesn't auto level it doesn't do uh, some of the fancy stuff that the nicer ones do so you're going to learn what tramming is what a 3d printer does you're going to learn about all the pieces of the 3d printer and then you're going to want to upgrade it and it's modular so you just yank pieces out and put new pieces in 
and you're good to go and you have a whole new printer that costs you maybe another twenty thirty dollars to build and it's better than the one you had it's quieter it runs faster it's you know it, it, it's really a nice experience to get into the space and to learn about it and so it's all of the i, I just say the whole range because it kind of fits all in this bucket of uh 200 to 400 dollars cool and so uh what does differentiates the the you know the less expensive ones from the more expensive ones in the in this range uh the speed of printing and the accuracy that they can get in uh the size of the print uh so really if you want my honest opinion the the ender 3 is fantastic it's a 200 hundred dollar printer it does everything you need it to do it it's where i am and the only reason I ended up getting a new one this Christmas was because I wanted uh, the step up, which is uh, the the actual UV resin printer. So mm. that's, you know, it's finer details, smaller stuff. It's just you actually have to set up a space to vent the fumes because it is more dangerous with a 3D printer like the Ender. I have it in my office and it'll run while I'm doing work all day. And it the the PLA, the, the type of filament that I use is corn based. So it's not. There, there are no toxic fumes. Mm. There's a smell, but it's not going to bother you. 99 out of 100, you'll probably like it. <laughs> does it smell like popcorn? I mean, <laughs> it, it actually, it has a little bit of a sweet smell and it's really not bad. It, it's like, I, I know it's printing when I can smell it and it's actually pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So, so really the difference between the three and the five, for example, is the build space. So the five's a little bit bigger and it trams a little better so it's easier to it's easier to level it and to get everything set up uh when when you need to re-level it um it doesn't do that stuff automatically so that's that's the caveat that i have to say here is that that this is one that will give you headaches but it's the headaches that you're going to learn from and that's that's been my experience with 3d printing is like it it, you you butt your head up against the wall a little bit but Mm -hmm. you learn a lot while you're doing it are there good resources for learning what you need to know everything's on youtube all 100% free on YouTube. That's okay. That's been my entire experience with it. Awesome. And, you know, like going to Reddit and joining a group about 3D printing and... and yeah. Uh, yeah. Asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've asked about this before. I'm, I'm totally... I, I'm really tempted by this 3D printing thing. And I, one of these days, I'm going to pull the trigger on it and... 3D printed trigger and <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, and and like with the Creality with the with the Ender, uh, you're spending 200 bucks. It's really it's not it's, it's a little bit more than a regular printer. Yep. And you're gonna get stuff out of it. Like you get things that you can actually yes. you know do something with and use. And it and it's it's neat and it's really not that hard to get involved with. Um, the the hardest part is like they they say you know like slide a piece of paper under the nozzle and that's that's it and you're like well what is it supposed to do is it like the nozzle supposed to like clamp down on the piece of paper or what <laughs> and it took a few different videos watching to know what I was looking for but then right. once you get it you know you know what you're doing from there right mm-hmm. right okay that's awesome good good idea and keep keep the recipient busy for a bit with it mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely all right so uh, my uh, idea for, a gift idea for this range is the D- DJI actually, I realized last time, like last week, my expensive gift was the DJI Mavic uh, drone. So I'm calling calling on DJI again. But the DJI, this is not a drone; it's a smartphone gimbal. So uh, you know, we're all taking videos and photos with our phones these days, and they're pretty good at at being stable. But sometimes, like you, you want, if you really want to take a really nice video, especially one where you're moving, and you don't want the jiggles. You know, they make everyone seasick while they're watching it. 
uh, a, a, a gimbal stabilizer. It just it kind of blows my mind still because I'm old that the, all this technology of the the steady cam, this thing that they they invented back when I was a kid, where you, they could run beside Steve Rogers, the six million dollar man, and not you know the camera wouldn't bounce around. They, how do they get that camera up the stairs without it looking so bouncy? You know, it's a steady cam. Well, now you can go to the store and buy a steady cam for your for your phone. It just blows mm-hmm. my mind. And that's what this, these are really amazing technology where you turn it on, you balance it a little bit. You got to get the phone on there, you know, about in the middle. But then no matter where you move the phone, it's going to stay in, you know, steady in place. I mean, I don't, I mean, it no matter. You, you can overdo it, but like if you're bouncing around, you moving your hand a little bit, it stays right there on the shot and you can control it, you know, left, right, you do selfie stuff with it. Uh, it's really uh, fantastic. And so like the, D- the latest one is the DJI OM4 for 129. Uh, they have a SE version for 119. I'm not sure the exact differences between them. There are w- there's ones where they have um, MagSafe. So like the iPhone 12 and 13, instead of a clamp, it just uh, connects with the magnet that goes right on the back of the phone which is really good because that means it really is centered with the mm-hmm. clamps. You got to really kind of make sure that it's on there in the right spot to make sure that it's not going to, it's not bouncing or, you know, it's not, not that, that doesn't go off balance if it's, uh, if it's not centered correctly and with the MagSafe, right. it's right there. So uh, I've used this for uh, a, a quite a few things and uh, it's, it's, you know, I, you know, I don't use it for every time I go out, but you know, uh, we were recently um, at the beach and, you know, walking along the beach and I was able to do flip it and do a low shot where going along with the waves, you know, right close to the sand and that sort of thing. And uh, it's really it's really fun. You can get really creative with it. So um, someone mm. who, who might be into photography or photography videography, this would be a great gift. This is going to give uh, like all those shaky cam found footage movies. You're not going to be able to make those anymore because this <laughs> stuff is so cheap. <laughs> no kidding. If they made Blair Witch now, I mean, they wouldn't, they would have to be like, Oh, it's, it's, I'm using my the DJI stabilizer to run through the forest. <laughs> 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 all right. So that, that's our, our medium picks. All right. Let's go to the, let's go to the big numbers. Let's go high end here. Uh, this, this, this is, I find it an interesting category because we kind of let ourselves off the leash and, you know, this is these are more uh, I, I mean, I don't expect to get a gift in this range mm. <laughs> it would be nice. But but so it's kind of fun to kind of uh, go a little crazy on these. So let's let's see what you guys get. Uh, Jack, what's your idea for the this expensive range? Yeah. So my uh, recommendation for this is a very niche product, but it's something that I would definitely like to get. Um, speaking of uh, very expensive things, I was actually looking at this the other night. And my wife saw me looking at it and she's like, you're not going to spend $630 on that, are you? And I'm like, no, no, this is a thing I wish I could have. I'm not actually going to buy it right now. (laughs) Um, But it is the uh, Blair Digital Bagpipe Chanter. And what it is, is basically it's the melody pipe that you play on the Great Highland Bagpipes. But it is a MIDI controller with a built-in computer in it that you can use with headphones so you can practice quietly Mm. because the bagpipes are a very very loud instrument and it is oftentimes very hard to find a place where you're not disturbing someone or getting the police called on you Um, (laughs) and so the thing i really really like about this one is that unlike a lot of the cheaper options it doesn't use uh touch pads or like metal contacts to create the 
illusion of you playing the actual holes on the instrument. It has actual holes drilled into the chanter with optical sensors underneath. Mm. And so it feels just like playing a real woodwind instrument. And that's what I really like about it. It also allows you to um, upload any sort of uh, audio patches you want to use for your own sounds. And you can also use it as a MIDI controller so you can plug in your computer and play all sorts of different instruments with it. Of course, it's the bagpipe scale, so it's probably not going to sound great for a lot of other instruments, but it is really versatile. Um, so yeah, it's a $630, and if that's something that you're into, it'd definitely be a good purchase. But nice. So what you're saying is you haven't annoyed your wife $630 worth yet. <laughs> I guess that's pretty to, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Because I got to work good. on that, yeah. <laughs> wow, that that is incredibly niche but an incredibly brilliant idea i mean just there's a lot of these musical instruments out there where you know played in their natural environment in their natural way especially when you're not yet great at it as you learn when you're learning you mm-hmm. know, that it you know it's the win of a life you know that where, where the little girl is playing the the music on the piano over and over again um and he drives him crazy well that this sort of thing is a great idea because it'll let you do this stuff without you know, bothering other people. That's uh, yeah, exactly. Like, awesome. The classic one is you know buying somebody's kid a drum set. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> buy him a drum pad, electronic drum pad, and that's a whole different ball of wax. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Still a lot of noise though. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, yeah. Just you, don't, you don't fully escape the drum effect there. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But you know, I've got you know uh, eleven and or ten and twelve year old boys. You don't escape escape noise ever. So. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thomas, what is your uh, third idea this time? Okay, so mine is pie in the sky. If you want to get somebody a 3D printer, and I'm talking FDM 3D printer. So these are the ones that have the nozzle that that's melt uh, plastic and spit it out onto a, a plate. Um, if you want to get them something that's really, really nice, uh, that auto levels, that has a nice big build space, has a fantastic group of people behind it, then you want to go with a Prusa 3D, uh, the Mark 3S kit. Uh, so there's a kit that's 600 ish dollars. And then there's like the full printer just all put together that ranges 900 and over a thousand dollars. Uh, if you just want it shipped to you ready to go, this is the, the, uh, flagship experience. So if you want the whole thing and you just want it to work and you want a really nice thing to, to test 3d printing without actually like getting into the grit of having to level it and build it yourself and all that kind of stuff this is the way to go um Prusa's come highly highly recommended they're very reliable machines really easy to upgrade uh as well so if you find that you want to get a better nozzle or if you want to do some more advanced printing on it uh definitely the way to go if you want to make money 3d printing this is the kind of printer you go with too so there's a lot of people that will put these out in a workshop and they'll build parts for something that they're making you know costume props or things like that and these are the these are the machines that they use right right that's the thing about 3d printing is like i think you mentioned earlier uh referred to it that some they they print but they have obvious um textures that look like a 3d print it's not smooth necessarily Mm -hmm. uh whereas so the more higher end you go the the better quality you get right off the printer as opposed to having to sand it down or all that sort of stuff exactly yeah that's pretty cool. I, I'm looking at the website and it says uh, lead time is five to six weeks on it. So the maybe may not make Christmas this year for that one, but maybe as a uh, a nice epiphany gift, Shay. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Bring yourself some gifts for the 
baby Jesus. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly the way to go. <laughs> I've 3D printed you some mirth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and just for people who are wondering, like, what you might do with it, uh, if if you are a person who's interested in costume propping, that's it's really great for that. If you are, uh, if you have anybody who's interested in Nerf guns and they want to mod their Nerf guns, that's a great way to do it. If you want to print stuff that you can use around the house, there are a lot of good ways to do it. I cannot tell you the number of things that my wife has come to me and said, oh, we need to go buy this. And I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just throw it on my 3D printer, you know, uh, shelf brackets, uh, different uh, knobs for drawers and uh, things like that. It's all stuff that you can do really easily on the 3D printer. Gosh, like, given all the stuff that I still need to fix around my house because of our recent house renovation. $200 uh, doesn't sound like much, does it? No, it doesn't actually. Now that you mention it. <laughs> I'd spend that quite easily at Home Depot and, uh, you know, Target and whatnot. So. Uh, that that sounds very interesting. I'm, there may be a 3D printer in my stocking this year. Uh, we'll see. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess that's me for my the last pick. Um, and mine is this. This is kind of just way out there. I just I I I, I had to I had to pick two previous weeks of this high end, and I was thinking I just can't think of like you know I could have picked a PlayStation. Five or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. But I wanted something that was interesting tech, but not obviously tech. And so I went with the Weber Grills Smoke Fire Wood Fired Pellet Grill. This thing is awesome. I, this is the sort of thing I would love to get. Yeah, there other people are sort of Traeger fans. Traeger's a a a brand that people like a lot. Um, I'm a, I I've been a Weber guy, uh, and I've been looking at the different ones, and so. Let me explain what the tech is behind this. So a pellet grill is different from a regular charcoal grill or a propane grill. A pellet grill uses these compressed, manufactured compressed wood pellets, usually made from sawdust or, you know, or, or nowadays they make them specific from specific wood. So you can get cherry and apple or hickory, that sort of stuff. And because they are of a known size quantity and burn time and all that sort of stuff, they can regulate the heat really well uh using the the uh, there's a machine that feeds the pellets into the grill at a steady pace at a regular pace and so that lends itself to electronic control and so a lot of these grills like the 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 smoke fire have bluetooth remote like an app your app controlled grills i mean come on you can control the grill with your phone and you can control like smoke time. So if I'm, if I throw a brisket on there, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, I can, you know, monitor how the temperature of the brisket and how's the grill doing and raise the temp, lower the temp, all these other things. And it's, it's just amazing the technology that's out there now. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I like to cook, I like to grill and this sort of thing. It just, it, it blows my mind what they, what they're doing nowadays with this sort of stuff. And, some people, some purists may say, oh, it's not real grilling because you're, you know, you've taken, you, you've put a computer in it. I'm like, uh, uh, it tastes good. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's what I care it's, about. It's the objective, right? <laughs> exactly. There's still creativity. There's still a bit of you in it. I mean, just because I use a stove that has a computer in it doesn't make it less of, you know, cooking, creative, creative cooking. So it's the same thing. Well, it's, I think that the cavemen would be upset at them for using the technology of a grill in the first place. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You've put your food on a, pl- a metal grid as opposed to throwing it right in the fire or eating it raw off the wildebeest. 
So yeah. So the 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 uh, the the one I list I link is uh, it's nine ninety nine. It's a thousand dollars. So it's not a cheap. Like I said, pie in the sky, high end uh, grill. Uh, you know, is it's it's fun. I mean, there are there are grills that are way more expensive than that. You can get propane grills in the the two, three, four, five thousand dollar range. Uh, you can get charcoal these fancy European grills. I don't know why they're so expensive, but they're like four thousand dollars. I'm not interested in that. But this this is a real nice grill. So it's, that's my recommendation. All right. So that that brings to a close our Christmas techie gift guide. But I wanted to leave a little space for some other ideas. I I, I kind of left it open for, for anyone to kind of jump in if they had other things that are like bonus ideas, inexpensive or free, unique, fun. Um, and one I wanted to throw out is is a uh, Trappistine quality candy. This is not a tech thing. It's a it, it's candy made by these uh, Trappistine nuns here in Massachusetts, where I am. Uh, w- one of my uh, good friends is actually there. She's a she's a nun in the order. They're cloistered Benedictines. And they make candy on premises. And it's amazing, wonderful candy. It tastes great. Christmas is a great time for candy. Uh, order now because you don't want to wait too long. You miss, miss the you, for Christmas. And you're supporting this amazing order of contemplative nuns. So I'm going to put a link to that in the, uh, in the show notes for Trappistine quality candy. Uh, anybody else have anything that they want to recommend? Yeah, I had one uh, real quick, um, and this comes with a caveat of I would only recommend this based on the price that it is currently on sale for. Uh, that is the Stadia Premier Edition from Google. It's a uh, tied in with their Google Stadia service, which I think I've knocked on the show before for not really understanding it, but I've actually used it now, and it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's worth the price you pay, but the nice thing about this is that currently the Stadia Premier Edition, which is the controller and also a chromecast ultra is on sale for 22 dollars and 22 cents uh down from his normal 80 dollars oh wow um and it's a good it's a good um like gamepad you can use it with your steam games you can use it with i think you can use it with an xbox also um so it's multi-purpose you don't just have to use it with stadia and then you also have a chromecast there and this is like for less than the cost of a chromecast usually costs so I would say if you can catch it on sale for a little over $20, it's worth it. I would not pay $80 for it, though. <laughs> That's a, and does does it come with games, or do you have to buy the games in addition? So you can. it comes with, a I think it's three-month free trial of Stadia Pro, and they have a lot of games on there that you can play for free, but you can also buy games on Stadia. And even if you don't keep using the Stadia Pro subscription, you can keep those games indefinitely. So I got mm-hmm. um Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and Jedi Fallen Order on there. And oh. getting those along with this controller for this price, like even if those are the only two games I use on Stadia, I feel like I've gotten my money's worth out of it. Wow. Jedi Fallen Order is the is one I kinda wanted to get. And and I don't have a you know PlayStation or a yeah. you know, Xbox and I'm like Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's worth it for Santa. For uh, so <laughs> very nice. That's a that's an excellent addition. Additional pick, right? Is that and, the, and that's basically the price of any kind of uh, remote that you're going to get. Like yeah. all of all of the off brand remotes that I've looked at, they're right right around that price. So including the Chromecast and the Stadia subscription, that's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, no, it's good. Wow, nice. All right, so I think that about does it for our uh, Christmas gift guide for 2021. Uh, as I've said before, I would love to hear from listeners. If you've got any suggestions along these lines, you know, it's, it, it, 
it's Christmas is just a few weeks away, so maybe it'd be hard to get these things, you know, anything, you know, next week or the week after. Uh, but there's always gift giving at birthdays and other occasions for for giving gifts or, or next year. So uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have anything that that you're particularly hoping to get for Christmas or uh, once Christmas comes around, let us know what you got for your tech presence. We would love to hear what people were getting this year and what you thought of it. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Edward E., Roseanne M., Kevin C., Meg P., Matt, and Erica Z. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology in all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. All right, we've got some interesting headlines this week, and our first headline comes from the BBC, and it's a video uh, that's headlined at Nun, Nun Talk, How Religion is Booming on TikTok and Instagram, and it's this BBC uh, global religion reporter interviewing uh, various groups of re- people from different religious groups uh, who are on TikTok these days, including the Daughters of St. Paul, are based here in Boston. And uh, it it was a fun video. Um, it, it look one of the things that gets me about it is is sort of the the standard questions. What are why mm-hmm. would nuns be on there? What kind of right. comments do you get? And that sort of thing. What do you do about about mean comments? So, what what did you guys think of the uh, of the video and the, but also of the concept of faith on something like TikTok and Instagram? I think it's, I mean, the video felt very much like your boilerplate, let's talk about religion, but not really understand it kind of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that even religious people, they're still normal people and they still like to have fun. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is, as much as I dislike TikTok, I think it is good to have this kind of stuff out there because it is something positive out there amongst so much that is negative and it even if it's just a you know 20 second video it could be like the kernel that sparks someone looking into that more mm-hmm. right and so i think it's like uh i think is it saint paul says that you gotta be you know you gotta be everywhere with religion so <laughs> yeah I, I i think too too it's like um it's one of those things where it's showing that it's fun and mm-hmm. a lot of times religious media is just not not fun. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really good at being uh, at being fun. And um, and so this this kind of thing is great because it's participating in the culture. And, and it's important, too, that it seems like they understand the culture that they're in. So mm-hmm. the, the TikTok portions of this seem to understand what TikTok is doing. And and that's a really important part of it. It's not tone deaf. It's not like they just said we, we need to be on TikTok because that's where people are. Right. Got to talk right. to the kids. <laughs> yeah yeah and and then you just you know you got the you got the skateboard over your shoulder and your hat turned backwards and do not understand what's happening right? yellow fellow kids <laughs> exactly <laughs> steve buscemi uh you know one of the things that the reporter brings up is, is, is a, an objection you hear sometimes is that you can't get into deep theological conversations on tiktok and i'm like well, who wants to? Like, that's not right, like, yeah. not all <laughs> not religion <laughs> is about having deep theological and philosophical debates and conversations. Sometimes it's about 
you know, my my grandmother was among the most faith-filled people around. She didn't have the, theological conversations with people. She fed them and, you know, <laughs> watched Lawrence <laughs> Welk and wrestling and had fun. It was a fun person. So saying your grandmother's, right. you know. <laughs> and I think that this is actually good for kind of pushing back against that because especially like I've noticed this on Catholic media, the it tends to trend towards people trying to be the smartest person in the room mm. and so like the <laughs> theological arguments just get more and more convoluted and they kind of lose sight of the point of evangelization like you're not gonna pull someone into the faith by going on about these very very niche theological topics that are way above most people who are even in the religion's head yeah so it's good to kind of bring it back down to like show them what the point of it is right i agree and one of the nice things like he's using the thing about tiktok and and Instagram reels that is kind of the negative, but turning it to a positive is, is the algorithm. You know, once you watch mm -hmm. a video about a thing and, or like it or follow it, it, the, it, the algorithm says, Oh, let me show you a lot of that. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, drives me a little crazy. Cause sometimes I just want to see a little bit about cooking you know, videos, but not all, I don't want to see a thousand Berea taco cooking videos. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you could tell where my Instagram has been showing me, but, um, <laughs> but I like the idea that if you, you know, you, you watch this, maybe you're curious, you like it, it'll show you more of it and, and kind of draw you in. Cause there's a, I've noticed there's a lot of Catholic content on these, mm -hmm. Some, as we said, some are better than others. Some get it, and some don't. And not all of it has to be funny and you know cute memes. But you know, it's a, 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 some of it's about beauty and worship and other things like too. But it's just mm. nice to see it out there. And you know, once people kind of get in there, maybe it draws them in a little more, even more so than you see on like Facebook or Twitter, for example, which have mm. become wastelands. <laughs> conversation well and, and and i think part of that comes back to that that ensuing conversation which is not what tiktok's built on tiktok's mm -hmm. built on just viewing the content and kind of responding to the content rather than having a prolonged uh mm -hmm. war about <laughs> someone's opinion about the the content mm -hmm. maybe it turns out that the conversation is having conversation is not good <laughs> on social media maybe the social Sometimes, part yeah. is not as good as we thought it was <laughs> in some cases yeah i mean i have many good friends on social media but yeah there's there's a lot of that other stuff that tiktok instagram kind of circumvents and maybe that's not a bad thing in some cases so, so we'll put have a link to that. We'll have a link to the video in the uh the on the BBC's site that you can check it out for yourself, and then go follow the daughters of St Paul because they are actually kind of awesome. <laughs> and let's. So our next headline is this was a art. Uh, I saw this in the news in a bunch of different places, and so I I rather than go to a a newspaper headline or a news site headline, I went to the source, and this is comes out of Ontario, Canada. The York Regional Police had a warning that they sent out. Uh, they must have a lot. Of, this must be like a wealthy area of Ontario, Ontario, because they apparently have a lot of luxury vehicle thefts. So what ha what's happening is, is this gang of car thieves. And it's got to be or, or an organized gang of car thieves. Yeah, I don't. This doesn't sound like a random. Just a bunch of people came up with this idea. But what they've been doing is there's been five incidents. So it's not like a massive rash where. Thieves have placed air tags and they don't actually say Apple on it, but the photo they do say air tag in the 
and they're warning and there's a photo of an air t- of an Apple AirTag. What they've been doing is, is they go to malls or places and they place an AirTag on a vehicle that they want to steal and then track that vehicle back to the home of the homeowner and then use some other high-end tools to like reprogram the key or something like that to, to break in. Then they hook up to the ODB port and reprogram the key so they can use their own uh, fake key to start the car. This sounds really high. This isn't a a theft of opportunity. This sounds like a high-end car theft ring. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like, even as they say, 2,000 cars have been stolen in their region this this year, um, and this is five. So it's not like this is a massive rash of, of... incidents and it's not like they they have to use an air tag so this isn't really about air tags per se but uh you know there are other ways of tracking you know buying tracking things like that but it is interesting that the that these have figured out a 29 dollar air tag is a is a, a, an, a useful tool in stealing these cars what do you guys think i think that this is I mean, it was inevitable that people are gonna find ways to abuse these systems i find it kind of deviously clever not just kind of it's just interesting like the the convoluted ways people will figure out to do this kind of stuff um <laughs> what i will say though is i hope no one puts an air tag on my old corolla and steals it or maybe <laughs> they can i don't care um, but uh i th- can't correct me if i'm wrong but can't you like use the air tag app on your iphone to like show air tags that are all around you well you don't mention that in this app at all right or this article at all in fact Apple has it so that if you are traveling with an AirTag that is not connected to your account, to your phone, it mm-hmm. will warn you. I mean, there is this, it's a it's a stalker thing that they you know that they added to the, the feature so that someone right. plants an AirTag on you and you don't realize it. It warns you, but the only problem is if you're on an Android phone, that doesn't uh-huh. work for you. I was going to say that my money is on the fact that every single one of these people, all five of those owners were Android owners and that anyone who's savvy enough to do this whole shtick, they, yeah. they watched, they, <laughs> they probably, noticed yeah. who was getting out of the car with an Android phone. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Apple is talking about releasing an Android air tags app so that hmm. Android owners can not only use air tags, but could also get the warnings if they are mm. being tracked by it. There were privacy concerns from the from the get go with AirTags, right? I mean, there was the, we. I remember we had this discussion. Um, but you know, the Tile and you know uh, the all the other ones have the same issues. But Apple is is giant trillion dollar company, and so that's where they get to focus on it. But it is interesting. Um, so if you if you start getting warnings that you have uh, AirTag traveling with you. Don't dismiss it. Just yeah. find out what it is. <laughs> and then uh, I like their their suggestions, by the way, for, um, you know, how to keep your car from getting th- stolen. Park it in a locked garage. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I had a garage, that would be a thing. <laughs> if I had a garage, it would be full of stuff and we wouldn't be able to park it. Uh, <laughs> st- steering wheel lock, which is, uh, is that still a thing? Do they still have those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Low jacks, like that thing that you like stick in the. <laughs> yeah, you, you stick it in so you can't turn the wheel without bashing yourself in the knee. Uh, that yeah it, it, yeah, it just seems like something like in your own park in your own uh, 
driveway like, putting a steering wheel lock in your own driveway that just uh, that sends the wrong message to your neighbors right <laughs> right yeah i don't trust you you or you yeah uh, so. and then put it this was interesting so installing a lock on the data port the odb port which is an interesting idea i never even thought about it but you know if they can't get in there to reprogram the vehicle keys does that are they just gonna is there a, is there is there a way around it to just do the old-fashioned uh um, what's it? The the like hot wire, hot, hot wire. Yeah, can you hot wire cars anymore? I mean, they do it in the t- on TV in the movies. Like they reach underneath, grab two wires, and start the car. Yeah, but it's always older cars. Is, yeah, yeah, no. it's always older cars. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm skeptical whether that's even as easy as it looks in real life. The way they do it on TV, even with the older cars. But um, it's interesting. Anyway, that's that's an area of technology. Maybe we should talk about it at some point because it's mm. um you know, uh, anti-theft technology, because I have not, the, the, some of this stuff I have not, I'm not up on. So well, kind of interesting. All right, let's uh, move on to the, uh, our last headline, which is, um, <laughs> I like the, the headline from uh, Gizmodo, a bot stole your PS5 and lawmakers have heard your cries of anguish. Uh, <laughs> so the, the basically, if you've tried to buy a PS5 or any other <clears throat> uh, in-demand sort of thing lately, whether it's sneakers or game system, then you've noticed that they're uh, hard to come by and expensive. And it's not just that it's the supply chain issues that we've been talking about, but that when they go on sale, these bots are buying them up really quick so that regular folks can't get them and then selling them for high end on eBay and that sort of stuff. And lawmakers are talking about passing a law to make it illegal. What do you guys think of this? I think that's great, but as with most of these problems that people try to solve with passing a law, they're just going to figure out another way to do it that circumvents that law. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Ticketmaster problem that, mm-hmm. that remember, uh, I think it was Kid Rock was a big one fighting this, where uh Concert tickets would go on sale, and everyone would rush to the site and try to buy them, and they'd be sold out immediately because these ticket bots were buying up, you know, all the seats all at once. Um, and I would normally, I would normally say, yeah, you know, trying to pass a law to fix a technological problem is usually, like you said, going to fail. But what is what else can we do to stop that? I mean, is do we rely on technology to? To stop the bots? I think that it's something that can be a technological solution, but it's. I think it's going to have to be on the store owners, and then maybe that's what the law will put the impetus on, is mm-hmm. them actually implementing rules to curb this. Right. Yeah, according to the article, it says that um, the what would be the illegal is circumventing the online purchasing rules. So mm-hmm. the store makes a rule, Right now, if you violate the rule, the store can say bad, bad, but that's not that's not illegal. But this would make it illegal to circumvent circumvent those rules, and then you could do something about it if you catch them. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. You got to catch yeah. the guys. I mean, the way they're doing it is probably by having a DNS bot that's got you know forty different computers putting in the orders at different IP addresses and right. I mean, I mean, if they if they could solve that problem, they wouldn't have this problem, <laughs> right? Right, right. And there, I mean, the stuff is being shipped somewhere and that sort of thing. So, I mean, 
but yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta track all that down. There's there's ways they get around it. They have they all those scams where they want you to um become a drop shipper. Yeah, uh, if, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that, make mm-hmm. money at home just having things shipped to you. Well, that's usually someone doing illegal stuff, trying to avoid yeah. them getting caught and letting you get caught instead. Uh, so don't do that. Um, apparently they've tried to pass this stopping the Grinch bots act, uh, several years in a row and haven't gotten anywhere. They think this year might be different because of the exacerbation of the supply chain issues and people are just that much fed up with the digital Grinch. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I I think, I think we're, uh, we're all in agreement. I mean, you can tell me if you think differently, but that I don't think this law is going to (laughs) <laughs> fix fix the yeah. problem yeah. yeah it is annoying i'm there i i not like i'm in the market for a ps5 but every time i go look online like what would one cut co- oh yeah you, just, you can't get it like you just can't there's nothing even bear thinking about because it's just not available it seems like it's something that the companies would really want to solve i know they're selling units but they're yeah. not then able to sell the games to people until all of this sifts out and i'm sure that they're losing customers because i definitely wouldn't buy in this environment i wouldn't stress myself out trying to find one for the actual retail price right yeah. around what's going on well and bots are not good customers in the sense of a, a, right. a human being you has a good experience they'll go back to your store and buy other things or buy multiple things at a, at one time whereas a bot is just you know sliding in grabbing that thing and going is not coming back so mm-hmm. yeah it would be in the store's best interest as well all right, so those are our uh, our headlines this week. Why don't we move on to our picks of the week? And these are, to, to distinguish from our gift guide, these are picks of the week, usually things that we've tried, we have have experience with, and that we want to recommend to you. They're not necessarily stuff to buy, but uh, just interesting things. So let's start with you, Jack. What is your pick this week? Right, my pick this week is uh, something you've probably seen on social media at this point, but I thought it was really cool, so I wanted to mention it. It's this uh, website and app called Wombo.art, and basically what it is is just a little app that will create AI paintings based on different prompts that you put into it. So, like, if you put in, like, flying dragons, and then you can select the different, like, art styles, and then it will, like, generate this, like, um, procedurally generated image that kind of fits what you're saying, and it's really fun because... It's not like it just creates a picture of exactly what you said. It creates something that kind of looks like, like sort of like a computer's interpretation of what you <laughs> would, what it would be. It's kind of like that that Google. Um, I cannot remember the name of it right now. Um, their Deep Dream thing. It's a oh, similar yeah. kind of technology where it's using uh, AI to generate these weird paintings, and you can put in the same prompt multiple times, and it'll give you different things. So it's it's just a fun little app to play with. It gives you some weird trippy looking cool art i've been seeing these all over the place the last few days and uh i didn't know what they were because nobody was saying telling me you know what is that it was from this wombo.art so thank you for <laughs> letting me know because <laughs> yeah. i'm like what is this weirdness but yeah if you this i've seen a lot of uh christmas related ones and uh, religious art related ones so it's hmm. been pretty trippy pretty trippy all right thomas what is your pick this week so mine is kind of a, a dual uh, point. I'm a pin nerd. I've, I've mentioned a pin on here before, uh, and it was it was a standard ballpoint pin with multiple selections. But now I'm going into the field of my, my real favorites, which are fountain pens. 
and um, fountain pens can be kind of intimidating because the, the first thing you're looking at is going, why, why am I buying a $20 pen? Because uh, if you're used to, you know, like ballpoint pens, you have them, you lose them, uh, you don't think about them. And the thing about, about fountain pens is that you have to shift that, that thinking and you get a pen and this is your pen. And, mm-hmm. and you might say, well, I'm not going to buy a $20 pen because it's not going to be that much better. And I'm going to challenge you on that because these two <laughs> pens that I'm going to recommend are fantastic pens. Um, one is called the uh, Hongyan Black Forest pen. And it is, uh, they were selling for like 10 bucks, but I think, you know, supply chains kind of caused it to go up a little bit. So they're around $16 right now. It is a nice, weighty pen it's uh, it's got a little bit of heft to it uh has a beautiful nib the writing experience with this pen is absolutely fantastic it feels great and that's one of the big things that people will complain about when they try a kind of off-brand or really cheap fountain pen they'll say it's scratchy or it doesn't feel good to write with this one it just glides along the paper but it still has that feedback that you want from writing with a pen it's not just writing but it's actually you can feel the writing as you're doing it uh you can get a cartridge for it that allows you to put whatever kind of ink you want into it Definitely uh, recommend this as an entry level pen if you have ever wanted to try a fountain pen, but you're like, ah, I don't know, I don't want to spend three hundred dollars on one, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where you can go with some of them. And the other one that I recommend is one that's called a Kaweco Sport, and it's a German pen. Uh, now this is for people who need a pen to put in their purse or in their pocket. Uh, it's a tiny pen. It the cap closes up on itself, and then when you open it up, the cap extends the length of the pen so that it fits in your hand better to write so you put the take the cap off and then put it on the back um it's a great pen really really good solid engineering uh they have everything from like a really kind of cheap plastic version that's uh, around twenty dollars and what you're paying for there is a really nice nib with a decent body and then they go all the way up to like this really awesome looking brass version of it that is virtually indestructible and I got my wife one of these. She was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to use this. She loves it. She she really mm-hmm. likes it. Uh, every once in a while, I'll put an ink in it that she's not fond of, but she still uses the pen all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, a nice a nice situation. Now, I, I will recommend going to Amazon to search for these because it's hard to find like a website that you can go to to reliably look at this. Uh, if you want a website to look at fountain pens in general, I recommend Jet Pens. It's a really great website to kind of just get nerd out about pens. And uh, But yeah, these two pens, Hongjian Black Forest and the Koeko Sport. Uh, if you're interested in fountain pens at all and you just want to try, you know, get your feet wet without like really dumping a whole bunch of money into it, great pens to start off with. Excellent. Those are good. Uh, I, I, I like my pens and uh it's very tempting my wife actually uses a fountain pen when she she's a poet so she write, uses a fountain pen when she writes poetry so this may make it into her stocking all right so my pick this week is a little interesting so i heard a while ago that iphones now are able to use an audiogram for customizing the sound profile now, what that means is an audiogram is a is a graph of your hearing. So, in fact, a professional audiologist will will use their equipment and create a graph of what you can hear. And you go through a, a whole hearing test and all your range and all that sort of stuff. So now you could put an audiogram into your phone and it will play the sounds, music most often or video sound 
uh, in ranges that are customized to your hearing ability. Hmm. And now, the great thing is, is you don't actually have to go to an audiologist to get an audiogram. There is an app called the Mimi Hearing Test, M-I-M-I Hearing Test, and it will create an audiogram uh, of your hearing. So you take the test using the app, then you, you create an account, and then you go into the settings and you tell it to sync with Apple Health, which means it will synchronize your audiogram into the Apple Health app. Then when you go into accessibility settings on your iPhone in the AV place, headphone accommodation, it's usually this accessibility stuff is usually for people who have uh, hearing problems and an audiologist has created a, uh, an audiogram to compensate for your hearing problems. Well, this is for everybody. So you can go and set up a custom audio setup with, with that audiogram that you synced to Apple Health. Uh, I'll put the steps in the show notes so you can follow. I'm going to see if I can find an article that outlines it because uh, it was going around not too long ago. But it was it's really neat because first, just to find out how's your hearing. And, you know, the uh, it, you do it with headphones in and you do it in a quiet space. Um, and it, it really tests your, your hearing and goes into ranges that I can't hear. Uh, but, you know, I'm old, so that's the teenagers are probably going to hear it just fine. But uh it, it's really kind of nice. And then I've heard from people say that it really improved their music listening experience and the ability to hear like videos, like the dialogue and videos that they're watching and that sort of thing. So um, maybe something to check out if you're if you're all interested in that sort of thing and you have an iPhone. I don't know if there's a sim- anything similar on uh, Android, but uh, uh, but certainly uh, the iPhone can do that. Nice. That's awesome. Excellent. So I think that does it for us this time. Uh, that's all of our picks of the week and all of our content. If We would love to hear from you what you think of anything we've discussed today. If you had Christmas gift uh, guide ideas, the things that you would suggest as Chris, uh, techie Christmas gifts, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. You can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week and our Christmas gift guide on our show notes at sqpn.com. Follow The Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel where you should make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thanks, Tom. And Thomas Sanerho, thank you as well. It was a pleasure. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's 
sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.